Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Peter Karianis, a partner with EY Law and the author of Corporate Counsel, Expert Advice on Becoming a Successful In-House Lawyer. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Ari. How are you? I'm great, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Tell us about your background and what inspired you to write Corporate Counsel, Expert Advice on Becoming a Successful In-House Lawyer. I've been practicing law for 25 years. I went to law school in Canada and the U.S. and licensed on both sides of the border. And and I've had the great privilege and opportunity to work in private practice, to work as an in-house counsel, and uh, to have my own law firm, Conduit Law, for a period of time. And I was the owner and operator of Conduit Law when I wrote this book last year in 2021. The inspiration, like so many other people, as we went through the pandemic and with various lockdowns and all the situations that went around that, I thought that this may be the opportunity that I've been waiting for to sit down and try to write a book. And for a long time, truthfully, I was uh, trying to understand within myself what kind of a topic I might be able to write and, and what, it, what that might be. In actual fact, I think the topic chose me as I was reflecting on and reflecting on my career and reflecting on some of the experiences that I had. I realized that at least when it comes to the idea of the transition from being a private practice lawyer to being an in-house counsel lawyer, that I have had some experiences and that I would be happy to share those. And, and that was really the inspiration for the topic. That was the inspiration for the title. And that was the inspiration for the story. If I can tell uh, an amusing side story, I, uh, it was also part of a bet. You probably know, and I'm sure many of your listeners know, Alex Hamilton of Radiant Law is a good friend and a colleague of mine over the years. And uh, we got involved in a little side bet as to who could finish their book first. His book called Sign Here beat me to publication by a country mile. So I owe him fancy dinner when we're back together again in the same city. But that really was the inspiration, was understanding that in my career and my background, that I think I have a few ideas to share around that transition in practice. And maybe it was just time for me to put pen to paper. Your book follows a new in-house lawyer and highlights the key opportunities and challenges. Why did you structure it in that manner? I started the book and in the beginning, the first few chapters, the few, first few rough outlines, uh, it, it was starting to take the shape a little bit of a how-to book. And to be quite honest, as I sat there drafting, I developed a habit and a routine. I was up at 6.30 in the morning, fresh pot of coffee in front of my laptop by 7 a.m. and tapping away at the book. But as I was putting together the book and as it started to take shape in a how-to at a how-to style, it just didn't resonate with me. To be honest, it was, if I can say, that first experience of writing and the first few chapters just fell flat even to me. And I decided to step back from the entire project and try to understand what it was because the topic is very interesting to me. I could talk for hours and hours and hours on this topic and it's dominated my professional experience over the last 25 years. So I had a disconnect. Like why is something that I think is really interesting not translating on the page? And as I stepped back from it, I realized that a how-to manual is not really something that is a particularly resonant how-to manual 
is not really something that is uh, that matches the professional experience and the interest of the people going through these kinds of experiences. And I realized that, as we all know, people enjoy stories. People enjoy storytelling from the youngest age. We love it when people read to us or tell us a story all the way to, you know, movies and books and novels. And of course, we also, as human beings, I think uh, sometimes we absorb lessons in the storytelling mode. And I reflected on some of my favorite books and some of my favorite business fables. And really, they were written as not as how-to manuals, uh, but they were written in the manner of a fable that uh, tried to demonstrate some lessons. And so I stepped back from the project and I said, well, why don't we actually follow, why don't we follow a lawyer in this path? And I didn't want to write a treatise. I didn't want to write an academic book. I didn't want something that would be 500 page uh, weighty boom. In fact, my goal was to write a book that could be read on a flight from LA to Boston or on a rainy Saturday afternoon on the couch or on the dock or wherever somebody might be. And so I chose this idea of, of writing it as a story, as a tale of fiction, obviously incorporating experiences uh, that I have personally had and experiences that I've witnessed uh, sometimes at one or two degrees of removal. But these are uh, life lessons that we've seen in the, the corporate law transition. What are some of the challenges that those who are new to the role of general counsel face? There are a number of different challenges. I focus on three that I like to describe and one overarching one. But the first one I would say is around mindset. It's how one approaches the practice of law in private practice as opposed to working as an in-house counsel is dramatically different and requires a mindset change. You go from having many clients to having one client. You go from working from a working at a distance from the client, a literal distance and a figurative distance to then working in proximity to the client. And I think that's the second change that people need to think about. And that proximity brings with it a number of advantages. It brings you closer to the client, closer to the business, closer to the problems at hand. But it also brings with it, um, I would certain a higher degree of accountability and uh, and possible, possibly also certain higher pressures, uh, social pressures, because you're you're not working in another office, in another area code at some distance from the client. You may be just down the hall. And so whatever your advice may be, a boomerang right back where someone is walking down the hall to you and knocking on the door and saying, well, how is this, gonna, how is this going to help us accomplish our objectives? The third one after mindset and proximity would probably be your knowledge base. I think it's probably fair to say that when it comes to big law, there is a general pressure with young lawyers and younger lawyers towards specialization. There's nothing wrong with being a specialist. In fact, there's everything right with being a specialist and delivering good value to your clients. But a lot of times as an in-house counsel, you'll be called upon to provide advice and counsel on a wide range of topics. And so a general, a more general broad-based uh, platform or, or foundation of knowledge is often prized as an in-house lawyer versus a lawyer in private practice. And then the overarching change or the overarching theme around which people need to transition their, their thinking when they move from private practice to in-house counsel is around risk. A lot of what lawyers do is about risk mitigation and risk management and risk assessment. And risk is an important element of corporate life everywhere. Risk is what we are paid to understand. Risk is what we are paid to assume, depending on the nature of our business. And Profit, frankly, is a function of risk. It is often, in my experience, easier in private practice to 
identify all the risks in a given legal issue, but not necessarily identify the solutions. And the closer you are to the business, the closer you are to the client, the more you have to understand both the appetite for risk and the approach to risk at that company, as well as the solutions around it. What prompted the shift in the perception of in-house counsel that you refer to in the late 1990s? Yeah, I think if you were to ask 10 different lawyers, you'd get 10 different opinions on this. But I think we can probably all agree that there definitely was a dramatic shift and a dramatic increase in growth in the size of in-house departments. I think that a lot of it is driven by the value calculus of the client. I think that clients understood at some level that they were getting better advice, qualitatively and quantitatively better advice, the closer the lawyer was to the business. And ultimately, bringing the lawyer into the business is as close as they could get. And that's on the, on the demand side of the service provider equation, if you will. On the supply side, on the lawyer side, I think that there was a recognition. There were some softer recognitions around uh, lifestyle issues that are maybe beyond the full scope of this book or this podcast to discuss. But certainly, people would recognize there are some lifestyle issues around going in-house that uh, was definitely attractive to some. But I think that, in my view, many lawyers found and find that as they get closer to their clients and closer to the business, that they're in a position to provide a different kind of service that may be more in alignment with where they are in their careers at that time that they make the transition from private practice to in-house. It's always been my view that neither position is uh, better, that one, either private practice or in-house, is better than the other. They're different. And they have different needs. They are perhaps best suited for different times in a lawyer's career. And they provide different settings, if you will, for lawyers as they progress through their career. What qualities make a general counsel most successful? I think the most successful GCs are the ones who are able to effectively and diplomatically, frankly, diplomatically navigate the divide between being a partner of the business and a protector of the business. And this partner-protector paradigm, it's unique to the in-house counsel position. It's unique to being an effective GC. I think that the most effective GCs understand that there are times when they are emphatically a partner of the business and are working in a proactive way to help achieve business goals. And there are times when they are a protector of the business and protector of the stakeholders in and around the business. And that often requires some hard decisions being made. And the type of personality uh, who has the right background, skills, and experience together with the right approach, be able to navigate being both partner and protector at the same time, that's a unique skill set. And it takes a unique background and a unique approach to be able to navigate that divide. And I think those are probably the most successful GCs, the partner protectors. What conversations do you hope this book will prompt? Following on the previous question, I hope that people who read this have an opportunity to think and reflect and maybe discuss uh, the partner protector paradigm, as well as I would probably add that it's always been my view that the in-house counsel and the GC in particular often acts as the moral compass for their business. I don't mean to say that all of the weight of that burden needs to fall on the GC, 
I'm just saying that it's been in my experience that when there are decisions to be made either this way or that way, oftentimes the uh, senior executives will look to the lawyer for guidance. And there are times when the guidance is not, strictly speaking, a narrow interpretation of the black letter law, that uh, there is a space of grayness uh, sometimes in business, as in life in general. And the lawyer often has a decision and an opportunity to make a decision that may or may not be consistent with a value-based decision-making process at the business. And so if there were two things that I would hope that people would discuss in reading corporate counsel, one would be partner protector paradigm, and the other would be the in-house counsel as moral compass to the company. How do you see in-house legal departments evolving? I would probably be uh, wildly successful beyond all my all imaginings if I could actually nail this one. But listen, what we have definitely seen over the last say, 25 years has been a consistent and dramatic growth in the size of in-house counsel departments. In many cases, in any given metropolitan area, some of the biggest law firms, and I would use suspended quotation marks when I say law firms, are the in-house counsel departments of major banks, insurance companies, and major enterprises. These are lawyers that have made the shift from private practice to working in-house counsel. And these are very sophisticated in-house counsel departments that work across a number of disciplines. And they've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. That growth at some point has to end. I can't imagine that every bank or every insurance company or every major corporation wants to see their in-house counsel department just continue to grow in terms of FTEs and grow in terms of subject matter areas that they cover off. So at some point, if I was to predict how that would evolve, I would say there would probably be a leveling off of the size of those organizations. Not to say that the in-house groups will get smaller, but that the growth will level off and they will probably begin to really start to reap their rewards and the dividends of increased digitization of the practice of law and increased use of technological tools in order to make their work more efficient and effective. In some ways, for many years, I've talked about the law firm of the future, or at least looked around for the law firm of the future. And in some ways, and I mentioned this in the book, the law firm of the future may be the in-house counsel departments of major organizations and corporations. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Peter Karianis, a partner with EY Law and the author of Corporate Counsel, Expert Advice on Becoming a Successful In-House Lawyer. Peter, thanks so very much. Ari, thank you very much for your interest. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.